Welcome to Uncontained, episode 161. I'm your host, Aaron Static-Render, and on the show today, I have a return guest who originally appeared on the show on episode 38. So it's been a while since I talked to him and uh, just recently got a message on Instagram from him saying, hey man, I am currently working editing video for Joe Coy and Fluffy, also known as Gabriel Iglesias. Also, he's doing his own stand-up. It's comedian Chris Adams, and he's back on the show today. We have a very interesting talk, and it, it, it there's a big chain of events that uh, starts with a, a drunken car crash, advice from a meth head in the drunk tank, and... Uh, also, a lot of hard work. It's a great conversation. If you haven't checked him out recently, check him out online on his Instagram, Comedian Chris Adams or Comic Chris Adams. He splits those up amongst social media. And if you've been enjoying Uncontained and haven't told anybody about the show yet, please, please take this opportunity to do so. Text a friend, let them know. Text a friend and let them know about Uncontained or send them, share the episode on your favorite pod player. Either one works. I just want to thank you for listening and uh, supporting the show. So uh, I won't keep you waiting any longer. This is my conversation with Chris Adams. Chris Adams on the line today. or We're talking to Chris Adams today. <laughs> How are you doing today, Chris? And welcome to Uncontained. Hi, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing very well, and uh, I understand what that feels like slipping up with your words. In fact, I was just about to do it right there. <laughs> you know, I it's all good. Now, now I got to leave my mistake in. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to join you because see, because if you don't, if you join someone, it's not a mistake. It's part of the show. Exactly, it's like Bob Ross and Happy Accidents or something like that. <laughs> Oh, I just, I learned about him uh, through a friend, uh, Dino is a friend of mine, a comic that I work with at work, and yeah. uh, he, he was telling me that he used to be a drill instructor, had no idea. Like and a military, like army, yes. military drill instructor? Absolutely. And he vowed, he quit that job, vowed never to yell again, and that's how he became Bob Ross. Wow, wow. I heard like I heard something similar about Mr. Rogers though. Like I heard he mm -hmm. was like a Navy SEAL, but then I don't I don't think that was actually true or a Marine or something like that. But it was like he always wore long sleeves to cover up the tattoos. Then I don't know, I just can't see him as a as a as a former Marine teaching you how to tie your shoes and talking to <laughs> puppets in train land, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it, maybe a, a switch flipped and then he became the other guy. I mean, you never maybe know. Maybe it's how he dealt with PTSD. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, but he, but he 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 was, Mr. Rogers was great because he single-handedly saved NPR. So um, without him, there wouldn't be whispers. Or no, PBS. Without him, there wouldn't be some, so many great shows on, on TV that I used to grow up watching, so. Yeah, yeah, and you know, or Bob Ross then he was on PBS as well. So I, I did not know that about Bob Ross though, a military like a drill instructor, huh? Yeah. Well, I, again, I, this is secondhand information, so I didn't, I didn't look it up myself, but I, I, I trust this guy that you know he's a comic. He probably got guy. it from the internet, and the internet <laughs> never lies. So we're yeah. good. We, we're, we're verified. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the number one podcast, and I'm not lying because this is the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh, you know, could you imagine, though, if Bob Ross did the painting show but kept the drill instructor attitude? Let's put a let's put a tree standing at attention right here, private. Now we're going to make a tr make a river so we can formulate our front or I don't know. I'm just yeah. making crap yeah. up right now, uh, but it'd be a totally different show <laughs> here. Here, all the trees are equally worthless. <laughs> <laughs> You're all shit to me. Yeah. <laughs> no tree should be happier than the other yeah yeah is that tree smiling at me yeah all right now, now we've gone too far bob Ooh. ross military my my world just changed today yeah <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about you man what have you been up to it's been a long time since you've been on the show yes i've actually i've been doing quite a bit i've stayed in comedy because that's what i said last time so I haven't quit that. I still do that almost every night. Um, in fact, actually, I get up at uh, 6 every morning, 
and okay. write write jokes and sometimes it makes people angry i guess but whatever makes people angry to write jokes at six in the morning no just the jokes that i write uh oh I, okay i like i was just picturing your roommates being all pissed at you damn it chris <laughs> you're up early writing jokes again <laughs> no <laughs> I, I i actually don't have roommates i live on my own but uh so I, I get up at, at six every morning. I, I go get a coffee. I, I write jokes for a few hours. Then I head into work where I, uh, I don't know if I should wait for you to ask what I do, but I head into work eight hours. Then I go after work usually and do stand up for another few hours. And then I go home, sleep, do it all over again. On the weekends, I sleep in. Um, okay, but, that's nice. Yeah, but my every day is just uh, like I, I, I'm trying to get become the best comic that I can be. And uh, that requires a lot of work, actually. So and I don't mind. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, yes, let's let's talk about what you do for work now. You were doing like sound on movie sets before. Yes. Um, and but now you've taken it to another level. So what what's going on in your world right now, Chris? Right now, I do video editing for uh a management company that handles uh, pretty big name comedians that you've all probably heard of and seen. We deal with uh, Joe Coy and and Fluffy and uh, Ian Bag and, and many others. And okay. uh, so I do uh, for for the bigger comics. I create their advertisement for the television. That's what I've been doing for them. So I create the TV spots and and then we send them out and they get aired in whatever market they need to be aired in. Uh, for the comics that aren't on that level, uh, I get to create their web shows and podcasts. I get to produce, uh, help put together elements and, and um, I do live switching through Wirecast that I use that to create the show. Um, I, I get to do segment producing where I get to kind of help them develop a, a segment into an actual part of the show and then I, I'm even in on the promotion and uh, other aspects of it. So that's yeah, that's basically what I what I do for work. That's awesome, dude. So you got it into doing some uh, video editing, creating promos, mm -hmm. and uh, stuff like that. Are you still doing film work or? No, right now, no, I am not. I will be working on a short, but I wouldn't call it. You know, it's not a film. I mean, everyone shoots nowadays with digital cameras. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't really have a desire to do film at the moment because I, I just actually like what I'm doing. I, I create uh, content for for people, and I just keep pushing on uh, uh, creating as many different types of content as I can. And uh, I actually love what I do, so I I don't need to do film. That's awesome. So, do you actually get to interact with uh, the comics that you work with, like Joe Coy or Fluffy? Uh, those guys, more rarely. I do yeah. see them every once in a while. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll when I see them out or when they come in the office, I'll, I'll interact with them. But for the most part, not those guys, not as much. But the the other comics, like uh, Ian Bag, I, I produce his show called uh, Ian Bag Bought a House. Uh, I, I okay. deal with. I deal with him one on one, and and then we get to uh, I do uh, another show called The Best of Everything with, with Ruben Paul and Johnny Sanchez. I deal with them one on one, and uh, I help put together segments and and create uh, create graphics and you know create a whole. It's like you know, kind of like creating television because I have I have worked in television uh, since I think since we last talked. Or maybe yeah. I had, I had lost my job in television, but I've done television work before, and it, this is basically kind of like television, but for the internet. And I I love it because you have more freedom to do whatever you want and be more creative. Cool. So I actually got two questions that I want to ask at the same time, but I got to pick one to start with. So I'm going to go sure. with this one first. Um, now, when you do interact with the comics, are they aware that first of all, are they aware that you do stand up comedy? Yes. Uh, I, I, I don't tell them right away, but eventually I go, hey, by the way, I do it. And that's uh, actually helped me get a gig at the Brea Improv. I don't know if, if this will be out after or before, probably after. So I'll be at the Brea Improv April 5th. By this time, it may have already happened. The, the gig may have already happened and it may have already been amazing. Yeah. Um, and then also on June 19th, I'll be there as well doing another guest set for a different comic. So I am, uh, you know, they, they are, are giving me opportunities just to, uh, to, uh, 
do my thing and I'm not squandering that. I, that's why I'm going out every night to do open mic, which is very painful. <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> it's not like doing a show. It's a lot of weird egos and you're like, this doesn't make sense. Cause all right. And you're but, doing it in front of other comics other than, uh, rather than audience, audience members, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it, it would be like if you podcasted for a bunch of podcasters and they didn't, they were looking at their phones <laughs> oh i should i i could do i could do a podcast about that you know that's what they're thinking they're like oh my podcast on that subject is better that yeah. type of thing <laughs> yeah but it makes you great for when you have an audience because you're so much more appreciative and your energy is up so i've been you know i'll bomb with stuff i know is killer and i'll be like huh that's interesting and then it's, but it's all part of it. That's how you get good. And and uh, my my daily writing has has led to me being able to write jokes so much faster. Uh, I, I I pump out like at least three just stupid stupid uh, jokes on the internet. Like I don't even mean anything by half of them, but I just pump yeah. them out every day just just to as, as an exercise for myself to practice always always writing and. Uh, you know, it's been slowly getting me more and more people interested in wanting to see me live, which is very different than what I'll do on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. So, yeah. All right. Now, have you actually been able to get feedback on your stand-up comedy from some of these comics that have, you know, have the big name or the shows already that you're that you're working with? Uh, yes. In uh, only one of them so far has seen me perform. And that was Eddie Ift when I worked for him and uh, and Jim Jeffries on their on their podcast. But that was a while ago. It was actually before okay. I had the job I have now. So that actually the reason um, I have the job I have now is because I did that their podcast and I worked for free for a while. So uh, I always say, you know, just just do something, even if it doesn't lead to anything, because you know, work makes work. But, yeah. Uh, Eddie Ift had me open for him uh, one time at the Ice House, and he was, you know, he's like, "Whoa, you're you're actually not a bad comedian, you know? You're not. You're, I, <laughs> I I thought you were going to be terrible, and you're not. So uh, yeah, that's a big compliment from another comic. <laughs> yeah, that's almost as good as your dad saying, "I love you." Um, <laughs> you know, so almost, almost, it, it, almost, it, almost. There's still that hole, but I'm filling it slowly. Uh, but so yeah, I did, I, I performed in front of him and he was like, Oh, okay. All right. And then, you know, I mean, I haven't done that many gigs since, but, uh, that's why I'm again, preparing, uh, for this Brea show that's coming up in a week. Um, cause I don't want to, I want to make sure every time I do a, a good show or like a show that's packed with real people that I, I do my absolute best. I want to be at my top peak performance because it's, it's, it's kind of like your job interview you know, for any other job. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and that, that's awesome though. That you've been able to get some feedback and that you're getting some opportunities out of this job. Yeah. All right. When is that second show you have coming up at uh, Brea? That will be on the, that'll be a Sunday actually, June 19th Sunday. I'll be at Brea uh, doing a guest spot for the very hilarious Eric Rivera, who just uh, hopefully, I think, his HBO set will come out in that month. So it'll be really exciting oh, for him. Cool. Yeah, I'm super. I, he actually hired me to do behind the scenes for him, uh, behind the scenes shooting for, uh, to make a promo for that act, that HBO thing coming out. So I, I edited something quick for him and, uh, I met him through this job actually, just because he knows, uh, some of the comics that we were working with. So, um, it's you know you get an opportunity wherever you can you you just you just work for i I always say yes to to working with anybody because i I just want to work basically yeah yeah that's a good philosophy right there you know uh as long as you can say yes you should be saying yes yeah now speaking of opportunities how did you come across this opportunity i think you touched on a little bit but how did you make the transition from uh where you were when I last talked to you to where you are today. Well, the way I'm, that's a kind of a long story, but I'll, I should start. Uh, it, it really, to me, it all starts in one place. So I was doing stand up in Long Beach, California, 
uh, which is pretty, you know, it's not far from LA, but it's so far that it's, it might as well not, might as well been another state. Okay. And I met a friend, uh, in comedy and we ended up clicking on, um, cause we both were trying to do filmmaking. So yeah. we kind of, he needed a roommate and I needed a place to live and I ended up rooming with this guy. And then I ended up doing, uh, making documentary shorts for him just, just to make something just because I just enjoyed making and editing and just doing something. I, I just, that's what, the way I've always been. And it turns out he came one day and said, Hey, I got this project. Uh, would you edit it? And I was like, well, yeah, sure. I, I like working with you. No problem. And he hands me the footage and it's Chris rock in London. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but he was writing for him on uh, his, his show. So, and then he wow. ended up, Uh, going on tour with them so he took the foot he got a bunch of footage with a camera and then asked me if i could uh just edit it just to do it and i I did and chris rock liked it and then ended up getting paid to edit for him and because of that job that one job that's how i got um the gig with eddie ift and jim jeffries where i edited for their podcast um working for free for at least a year i think maybe two but I was just, like I said, I was just happy to be there. I was still working a day job and I was just doing whatever I could to, to be able to stay awake. Cause it was late at night when they did their podcast and I worked super early in the morning at like five. Sometimes I get up at four just to get to a coffee shop wow. and then, it, and then at night I'd be out till like one or two, you know, just do it. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't sleep much and, but thank God I worked at a coffee shop. So it kept me going. <laughs> Um, and, and then, and then after that went away, uh, I, I just worked in any job I could get. And then one day, uh, when I needed it the most, this is when I was about to be completely broke. I thought, and I, I, one night I drank myself stupid cause I was an idiot and I crashed my <laughs> car and my car oh. caught fire. Um, this is, uh, this is after I, you know, or this is actually, uh, I think, before or after I was working on one of the films I told you about. And uh, and luckily I, I was saved by the cop, so it everything kind of worked out. I got a DUI for sure that night, obviously. <laughs> and There's no hide in that one. No, hide no that you, one. you can't go, whoops, I didn't know. You know, it was obvious that I was drunk, but I was alive. And uh, like a month or two later, Eddie called me and said, Hey, uh, my manager needs an editor and you're really good. Uh, you, you like to work just to work. Would you like to do it? You know, it's not, it doesn't pay that much, but you know, if you, if you work really hard, you know, you'll make, you you can increase your salary. And I was like, absolutely. An opportunity to work full time and with comedians. Yes. So because of that, because of all this work I did for either little money or, or even free, it eventually led to uh, the job that I have now. Basically, it was just a series of doors opening, uh, being saying right, saying yes to the right things, meeting the right people, networking, and mm. a long, a long series of doors opening, and also a fiery car crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that could be the name of the episode: a fiery car crash. A fiery car crash. That, that could very well be it. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll have like, yeah, fiery car crash with Chris Adams on Uncontained. <laughs> that has a ring to it my friend it has a ring to it yeah but it but it was it was a series of doors and a series of always being open to just 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 work even if it didn't lead anything right away and i mean after i'm gonna i'll be a hundred percent after working with chris rock in the very early on in my career it made me a little upset that nothing was working out after that (laughs) you know for a long time i was pretty like oh man i I thought i was a good editor i couldn't even get editing work and you know i had gotten like this one job i don't know if you heard of la tv but it's this tiny station here in santa monica and it's you know it paid decent it was like at the time i mean i just gotten out of college but 15 an hour was like the most money i had made ever in entertainment so i was super stoked to get it and then the, the company went under and i got laid off and so this is like, and then I got the Chris Rock thing and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm back. 
but then that didn't lead anywhere. <laughs> so I had to work at a coffee shop forever. And for eight years, I worked at a coffee shop, but those people ended up being amazing. And like still to this day are people that uh, would still like contact me and be like, hey, it's great that you're doing well. So, you know, even even something you don't want to do could lead to, to something good. You just have to have a good attitude about it. You know? Yeah, definitely, man. And sometimes, especially the things that you don't want to do will lead to something good, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, not everybody wants to go work for free, but, <laughs> you know, doing that will help, you know, put in the, like, you know, get you in front of the people that will possibly give you a job later. Yeah, absolutely. And also, the the way entertainment works is nobody's just going to take a gamble on you if you're unknown, if you're an unknown quantity. You know, so yeah. you kind of like, have I've to. I've never heard of you. Let's yeah, it, edit it, this it, Hollywood blockbuster movie. Yeah, no one's just going <laughs> to hand you that. But if you, if you, you know, if you do work for somebody and and they like you and they like your work ethic and you prove yourself over, I think it just takes a long time. Like I, I always said, it, it takes me about. It took me about fifteen years to to really get an entry level job in entertainment, but that it, now it's working out much better. But, yeah. It, it, it's you just have to just swallow your pride because it's just part of it you know everyone does it um, unless you're one of the lucky like five people that <laughs> you know your 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 uncle is like steven spielberg but if other than that guy like everyone else has to really just work like crazy just to even get an opportunity and nepotism is a bitch you know <laughs> yes but but i will say this it is but my boss is a huge inspiration to me right now. He he started his, this company that he has out of his garage in Bakersfield, and now oh yeah yeah, and now he has big comedians with. There's three Netflix shows on the air that they're producing, and um, I'm not part of those, but again, three of them right now, like a special, two specials, and, a, and an actual show that's coming out. So. He's uh, someone that's an inspiration because he came from Bakersfield, no connections to the business, but he works his 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 butt off. And I'm like, well, that's and that's how you do it. You just you work hard and you just have a good attitude, and people I think will be drawn to you, and they can see the the gears grinding in your head, and they can go, I kind of I want to work with that guy. He may not have something now, but he's got that spark. So you know, and you know, it goes to show that you don't have to have that connection to get to where you want to go. As long as, you know, you do the work and uh, speaking and create something on your own, too. That always mm -hmm. helps. And yeah. speaking of uh, creating something on your own, how do you like this transition right here? Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and you're talking about possibly creating something on your own. What, what, what do you have in store here? Uh, well, I am creating. Well, I'm, 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 I'm constantly creating shows for. Uh, the comics, but I'm also on my own. I am directing a short, so it's not you know it's not a film per se, but it's it's a comedy short that uh, I love the script. I know the guy again. I met him just through stand up. I didn't. That's the only way I met him because uh, also I've been really funny for a long time. So people want to work with me. <laughs> I'm not tooting my own horn, but it is true. <laughs> It, it, I'm sorry. It was, it was just funny how you said that. So I guess it's true. You are funny. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but but people like to work with me. So this guy I've met, I, I he's seen me do really well in stand up, and then he knows that I've I've gone this other route too, uh, which to me has been the same career because I've always done stand up and uh, film or television type work the entire time I was doing stand up. So I've done both at at the exact same time, and then they finally now lined up. Uh, he gave me a script. He goes, I want to work with you. And I was like, yes, let's just do it. Uh, I, I have weekends free. Uh, we'll, we're going to go on location scout this weekend. Um, I've already got an actor lined up that used to be on mad TV. So I'm excited about that. Um, the script is awesome and I hope it, it gets some legs. Cause this guy has been, uh, just on his own. Again, he has the same work ethic. He just puts out stuff and he's been getting into festivals and, and, and his writing is getting noticed by, actual television companies so nice. i'm like this is a i want to work with anyone that also has a drive and, and is cool and 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 just wants to create good work so we, we kind of share that and he was like uh he's like 
yeah, you can direct it because he's going to be in it. And I'm, I'm like, I will not turn down this opportunity and I'm going to uh, work as hard as I can to make sure I don't mess the script up, you know, because as a director, you're just trying to not ruin a good piece of uh, writing. So, but the, again, that's, this is all on my own. I'm just, I'm just doing this just to show that I can do other things besides uh, producing web shows. So no one's going to give me an opportunity to do it. I might as well just do it. Hell yeah, man. That's a great attitude to have right there. And I believe it's essential nowadays, but what do I know? Um... <laughs> well, you have your own podcast. I do. I do. And uh, I was really happy to hear like when you messaged me uh, just a little while back being like, hey, dude, I got this. I got some cool stuff going on. I'm now uh, doing some like editing for Joe Coy and uh, and Gabriel Iglesias. I'm like, oh, dude, that's awesome. I'm excited for you and uh, wanted to have you back on the show to talk about it. And, uh, you know, I, I love when past guests of mine of course it's all due to the show uh being on the show that everything happens for you and Mm -hmm. we can just go ahead and admit that right now but uh no Uh, i'm I'm happy to see things like coming together and uh you know things going well well i can say this uh as i learned from this guy that was coming down off a meth while i was in dui jail uh Everything happens for everything happens for a reason, and uh, so being on your show helped boost my career. <laughs> thank, thank you. Maybe now we have a competition for the show title: a fiery car crash or uh, things I learned in jail from a meth addict or something <laughs> like that. So you know, there, there's competition for show title now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where will it go from here? On, only up, only up, my friend. Um, well, like, like I've always said, uh, my my life was pretty crazy. Or like early on. Uh, when I when I w- uh, was born, my mom was addicted to heroin, so I was a heroin baby, you know. And we ended up being homeless a lot of my life. Um, and then, you know, I, I saw her do many terrible things. But I always say that uh, it gave me perspective because no matter how bad I fail in life, I'm still failing up. <laughs> so it's true, though, man. And you know, and that beginning helped shape who you are now. You know. Yeah, uh, maybe you wouldn't be as driven if you, you know, were born into a cushy life. Probably not. No, and I, I don't think I'd be as funny because uh, I, I do believe that like you have to have. I don't think you should have what I had. I, I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. <laughs> but I will say that it, it gave me like <laughs> I, I, I'll make fun of anybody, anything, no matter what. I don't care because I just I've lived a tough life on my own, and I came out of it pretty happy. Like I'm I'm grateful now. Uh, uh, I'll give you an example. I was uh, with Joe Coy in Sacramento when he when he sold out the fantasy. Uh, fantasy spring wherever he was he sold this spot out and he was so excited he bought us all a filet mignon dinner and just the the joy on my face as a former homeless child eating uh actually made him laugh so <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll say that uh you know I, it gave me a, a, just a great sense of joy that i it, maybe you don't get in my writing on on facebook but i am just happy and i just goof on everybody I try to uh, pretty equally, so that's you know, that's why I have the perspective. Is I'm I'm happy in a way that I had a tough life because it made me uh, uh, grateful for any good thing that happens. Definitely, dude. And if you're gonna rip on somebody, you gotta rip on everybody. That's the way I look at it. And also <laughs> rip on yourself at the same time, you know. Yeah. And then then they can't get mad at you for making fun of anybody. But they still yeah. will. They still do. Some people were like, I'm unfriending you because you made fun of a homeless person. I'm like, I was homeless. Did you not? You've never seen my act? Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you don't know that I, I, I lived that life. So I, I'm allowed to, if anybody is. Yeah, I did a stand-up show in Berkeley a few years back. It was a, it was an open mic show. And I did something talking. It was after I've when I first moved out here and people were always asking me if I had culture shock. And I was like, there's only a couple things that like gave me culture shock. And that was like the price of housing and <laughs> yeah. seeing a bum shit in the street. Uh, yep. <laughs> they do that. Then somebody came up to me after the show. and was like, you know, that bit of, that you, you were talking about bums, that'd be a whole lot funnier. If instead of bums, you said homeless people. Mm. And I'm like, 
You know what? Uh, okay. That is that is ridiculous because my brother said uh, hobo because I figured that sounds more delightful hobo yeah right my brother said that to somebody and they're like that's offensive and I'm like I think people just get offended by anything now and uh, I don't care <laughs> anymore everybody wants to be that I think everybody in some way some way wants to be a victim so they have something to complain about. Yes, I do agree with that. Especially comedy now, it's gotten worse. Uh, everybody says this, by the way, all the top comics. Like, man, comedy, it's weird now. It, it's not just you that's noticing. Everybody's been noticing. And uh, something is up, and I, I, I hopefully want to change that because, uh, you know, I, like I said, I did live a tough life, so I feel like I have more carte blanche to say, you know, whatever I'd like. And uh, I'm not going to curse, yeah. though. I'm not going to curse because I, well, sometimes I do if it's a bar show, but I try not to curse because I try and keep it cleanish. but my life is dirty, so what can I do? Right on, man. So is there a reason why you decided to go clean-ish? I think I was always cleanish, but I've decided to not curse just because as a challenge of my writing, just to see if I could, if, if my writing is good, in my opinion, if you have good writing, you don't have to curse, but I still can. But yeah. I shouldn't have to. That's why I do it. So I, right. I try I try to be just, you know, clean uh, as an exercise. And now I just do that all the time. Except for, again, bar shows, you kind of have to hit them hard because they're drunk. <laughs> yeah, you need to grab their attention with everything else going on, you know. It's awesome that uh, you've gotten to where you are over the last 100 100- 20 some episodes that's how i measure time now in episodes <laughs> uh <laughs> nice but uh yeah i'm 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 happy for you so uh would you be willing to share with the uncontained audience like some advice for people who are looking to do something along the lines of what you did and move their way up in the industry or even get their foot inside the door yes i i, w- I would say like uh, kind of like what i was saying but it's uh, worth repeating just if you truly love just to work make work because even though it it may just be for you or it may just something you just put on youtube if it's good uh, people will notice and then eventually it may not happen right away it took me again a long time to get where i'm at now but people will want to work with you especially if if you do stuff and i live by a, a, a principle that i learned um i I forget where I learned it, but it's called the Pareto principle. It's an economic principle. Mm. So it's an 80-20 rule. So 20% of everything you put out uh, is going to get an 80% return on investment. But that means that 80% is just garbage, right? But the good thing is most people aren't going to remember the 80%. They're only going to remember the hits. So in order to get to that 20% of awesome, you have to just put in so much work because art is is uh, is extremely hard and you have to just constantly be putting out and uh, work and that will eventually get you noticed so just work harder than everybody else and i guarantee you you'll at least work right on man i but when you said 80 20 or 20 80 rule i couldn't help but think of mullets <laughs> well, you know 20 the 20 percent in the front 80 percent in the back and 100 percent wrong and 100 percent wrong yes it all adds up it all adds up <laughs> <laughs> all right so now what are you currently doing to promote yourself like whether it's stand-up comedy or as an editor I don't promote myself as an editor as much because uh, luckily I have a good enough group that of uh, people that I don't have to do that anymore. So th- luckily those days are behind me because I was uh, I, ha- I hated. I'm not a great self promoter. That's probably why my career in stand up has been where it is. But <laughs> I am learning to write jokes for stand up. I'm learning to write just stupid thoughts every day. So I I set a goal so i have to write at least three thoughts a day even if no matter if they're that funny or not just three a day three a day three a day every day every day every day and it's starting to actually get me noticed because i wrote some joke today about uh uh cardi b Uh, it was seemed to be very popular it was um i think cardi b drugged and robbed all of us to convince us that she was a good rapper i Um, actually saw that one today oh nice uh, i'm uh, in my feed so Yes, I, I, I actually LOL'd at that one. 
Oh, nice. Okay. I, I think <laughs> I, I think I said it wrong, but it was written better. But but that's just because I kept I just write every day, even if they're not funny. I just write and I just write and I just keep writing. And and then I also on top of that, I'm writing stand up every day. Like it may just be an idea, but I write something new a day. And okay. I, I keep those in separate places. So I have the social media jokes that are just throwaways that I, I would never use on stage. And then um, I, I have uh, stand up jokes and, and just the act of writing. And then I'm also doing like my own little uh, web show for I don't even know what it's for. I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm just doing it because it's you might as well create something where I just talk about a subject for like nine to ten minutes and uh, just whatever comes to my mind, I just I just let it roll and um, and I put uh, a little bit of production value. I put a title card, an end card. I put a, a clip of something I've edited and then a, a stand up short clip as well. So that's okay. an, another way to promote me because you can see that oh he does stand up and oh he can just talk about subjects because I am uh, uh, well well read. I I I learned to read at a very early age because uh, when you have when your mom's on heroin you have to do something. Uh, so I, I, I read and I, and uh, even when I was in grade school, they're like, you have a college level reading comprehension. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's cause I was reading since I was, you know, I, when other kids were reading, like learning how to pronounce go spot go, I was like, I already read the sentence. Why are we struggling? You know, I was kind of annoyed <laughs> with all the other yeah. kids. Um, so I've always had a high level of reading and, and I, I constantly read as much different types of stuff as I can, which can get me into trouble actually, because I'll know things before others do and then I'll make a joke about it. And they're like, that's offensive. And I'm like, well, just wait, <laughs> just wait a wait, minute. Wait, it'll, it'll all come around. You'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> you'll get it. It's just, you gotta wait. I just happen to know before you do hold on. It's not actually offensive. Once you learn the truth, wait a minute. So, uh, <laughs> like, what do you have an example of that? Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but uh, I've I've made so many stupid remarks, and then and then like it might have been a Jesse Smollett thing or something where people thought it was real, and I was like, this isn't even real, and then they got mad at me, and then it ends up being fake, you know? Yeah, uh, it's like I knew like right away I could tell the story was completely fake just by how he, it, it, this is what happens when actors write their own scripts. Don't, don't let them do it; they're not good at it. <laughs> You know, so um, I just knew right away and other people were like on board and I, I just waited. I, I hold back. I wait. And, you know, but I, I, I usually see things early, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could have. You could have even been like, hold on, hold on. You'll see. He he offered to hire me to do it um, <laughs> or something along the line. <laughs> I wish I thought of that. That's a good joke. <laughs> Well, it's kind of old now. It's too it's too late, but <sighs> timing, that's the biggest thing with comedy too. <laughs> yes, and and actually I always say this to to comics, uh a lot of it is timing, even almost more so than the words. It's the timing and in, in the inflection and the pausing and all these little things that no one thinks about, but I actually worked on for about 4 years straight where I was like, let me just go up with no material and see if I can just get it off of sheer presence and i was terrible for those four years but it trained me to where now um i can even when, when i do my material it's more natural and it's more fluid and it, it just it's like wow you, you know people are like wow you got like every time you, you go up it's like boom 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 hit 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 it's it's because i i worked on that skill set um because I, I knew from early on that comedy is really tough and it's it's not just the words you write but it's it's like every it's things you wouldn't even think about, like where you look and and if you pause at this moment or uh, if you like, what's the inflection on that word? It's so many little things that that people yeah. don't even think about. Could be as as simple as moving the mic stand behind you instead of standing with it in front of you, or you oh, know yeah. some of those little tricks or things like that. But yeah. I, I get, but like, so you went up without for four years, you went up without any material in mind and just went off the top of your head to try to see if you get laughs or, well, not exactly. Like, just I, I try had... to do it with like miming. No, no. Well, I, I talked cause I'll be, okay, good, I good, did talk. Good. I'm not Billy the mime, although great comic. But, uh, what I did was I kind of had an idea of like, Oh, I kind of want to talk about this. And then I would see if I could come up with like five minutes on just that. And a lot of times it was pretty awful. 
But I would find a joke or two out of that five minutes, and then that would go in the act. And that's how I wrote. I wrote on stage for about four years, and it it created some of my better jokes because I, I don't think it, it it's like a, a sink or swim moment, and it makes your yeah. brain have to go on hy- hyperdrive, and then you you end up writing things that in a way that you wouldn't have written it if you wrote it down on paper. Very true, because talking and writing are two different arts. Absolutely, yeah. You know, like you could write something and then read it, and it sounds robotic. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I did that for about four years, and I think it trained me to, and I, I, I almost want to do it again because, uh, I mean, not four years, maybe like a week or two, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it just opened me up to, uh, talk about different types of subjects. And I, I think it kind of made me different than a lot of comics, which is good. So it, it helped me develop a, the material that I do now. Yeah, that that's awesome, man. It's a cool approach. I've, I was actually challenged to do that, uh, by this, uh, standup comedian. His name is Bruce J. Uh, hmm. he's originally from where I'm from, like from where I'm from in Iowa, but he was out in LA. He was on, uh, the man show, uh, for a while, he wasn't one of the main hosts or anything, but uh, he he was a regular on the Man Show, did stand up comedy and all that stuff. And he came up to me one day. He's like, "Hey, go up there. Don't don't take any like don't use any of your material. Just go up there and talk mm-hmm. and uh, see where it goes." It actually went pretty well that time. I tried it a few other times. Sometimes <laughs> it went well. Sometimes it didn't. But yeah. um, you know, so it yeah, it's but it's kind of a surreal experience you could probably you're probably used to it after doing it for four years but going up there without anything in mind to say you're sitting up there standing with a microphone and then you're like okay let's see what do i want to talk about yeah well i i always try and have at least like an idea um and the best things to talk about are things that you have a a feeling for or a passion though because you're gonna have uh what do you call it you're gonna have like actual real um, points of view, and that's the key. Is whatever you talk about just has to have a point of view. Like, what, what do you what do you truly believe, and what uh, motivates you? And that'll that'll usually lead to something decent. And without even having to think about it, because if you truly believe it, you don't have you're not you're opening yourself up to, to to tell the truth. And that's actually the goal, I think, of comedy. Not just to be funny. You have to be funny, but you also have to say things that are true because those resonate with people. That's good advice right there, man. Now, what is a highlight or two that you would care to share with the uncontained audience? Yeah, I actually do. So uh, uh, this is back when I when I when I drank. I don't drink anymore because I just I'm, I'm over it. Also, that, that DUI turned my life around. It still took a while though, but I'm I don't drink. But when I was drinking, uh, I remember I went on stage. I was I was doing a theater show. I was I was trying to headline, but I'm not. I wasn't a headliner for sure. I wasn't a headliner. But I wanted to do it anyway just to see if I could. So I did about 30, yeah. minute, 30 minutes. And I have this one joke where uh, I have I had a beer in my hand. And I go, I, 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 I turn to the audience and I go, I normally do this alone, but I, I want to share this guy with you. And I look, in, I look into the bottle and I go, happiness, are you in there? <laughs> <I'm>, you're <laughs> at, oh, you're at the bottom, aren't you? I'm going to get you happiness. If I have to drink eight of you, I'll find, you know, so it's just a stupid joke, but they, they loved it and they still talk about it to this day. The coffee people that I hung with, cause they all went to the show <laughs> and, uh, it, I, I, you know, I thought I had a great time on, on that show. I don't remember. I don't think I did great, but I know that I had moments that were pretty good cause they had seen me develop. So they, you know, my jokes, I didn't, I didn't have enough, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that moment is still something that they'll, they even bring up today. They're like, hey, I remember that time I was there and, uh, you know, you did that joke and it made us all die laughing. So <laughs> uh, the happiness joke full of sadness. <laughs> y- yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess that is that is the real reality behind it. That is kind of sad if you think about it. <laughs> it, it. It is. It is looking for ba- happiness at the bottom of the bottle, man. Yeah. Was that? I, I was actually going to ask if it like if you stopped like right after the OWI, was that some of the knowledge that the meth addict passed on to you? <laughs> like, dude, you can't do drinking. You got to try this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he had a lot of advice. He was crazy. But uh, yeah, but he, he 
he was interesting. You know what? I, I, I've been saying, like, going to jail, it's kind of like camp. You just can't leave, obviously. But um, but everyone, like, talks to each other, and you, and you find out. Like, you, you meet some – actually, some really interesting, cool people that maybe they're just in the wrong spot at the wrong time, got in trouble with the law. <laughs> not, not, not always bad. There was a few bad ones, but most of them are chill and, like, really helpful, and everyone was pretty nice. Like, I don't I, – I, it wasn't like Oz. You know? oh, that's good that's yeah. good yeah. everyone was pretty you know just people that just made a bad decision and hopefully they don't do it again i i, I haven't so okay i got a question for you this is totally off the subject except for the fact that you mentioned camping mm-hmm. and um while you're talking about jail now being formerly homeless do you ever go camping I have, yeah. Uh, I've gone to uh, festivals where we camp, and I've also just gone to camp. I, I like it because you know now it's like there's tents and stuff. It's like I have more things, you know. It's yeah. it's, it's a lot nicer than. But I, I also I slept in a car. When we were homeless, we were in a car at least, so it wasn't terrible. Sometimes at crack houses or whatever. But okay. But uh, say it, that so casually. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it was my life. So uh, to me, like it's weird. Okay, when you go through a tough life, it doesn't feel like it's tough. Because it just was your life, you know? Yeah. Like, I think people on the outside are like, wow, you, you survived all that? I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? It just was. I don't understand why you're freaking out. To me, it just that's just what happened. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, so we, when I go camping now, it's much nicer. You know, I have sleeping bag and I have a, a, a tent. And, you know, I, I hang with people that have a bunch of gear. So it's it's not the same as when I was, you know, homeless as a kid. It's way better. And, uh, yeah. And I'm with close friends, so it's like I got a community, and that's that's another thing. And oh, that's another thing I should impart on people: uh, develop a community wherever you are, uh, whatever you're doing, because uh, you're gonna need those people. They'll help you out. You'll help them out. That's that's how you don't go crazy. Yeah, it's also a, your friends and community and everything that you're building there. Also, like a network too, in a way too. You yeah, know? absolutely. So. Yeah, that's thank you, man. Thank you. So yeah, the reason I asked the like camping thing is because like camping is kind of like pretending you're homeless for a weekend. <laughs> or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> you know. So I, I I was actually just curious on that one. If you're like, no, I don't do that anymore. I sleep in a bed. <laughs> but all right, so. I only have a couple more questions for you, Chris, and then I'll let you get on your way. But uh, I have two more questions for you. When somebody comes and sees you do stand-up, mm-hmm. I figure this would be easier to answer for stand-up uh, rather than editing, but mm-hmm. when somebody comes and sees you perform, what do you want them to remember and take away from that performance? Well, I've been thinking about that actually a lot lately. Uh, what I want from people is... I would love for them to take away that uh, no matter what you go through, uh, you can come out positive and happy. So uh, I I do talk about darker subjects, but I also have like this uh, happy vibe, especially now, more so now. It's a lot easier to be happy when you're doing something you love. Uh, Exactly. But uh, that's that's what I would love for people to take away is that like, yeah, things were tough at one time, but that's that just means you're going to be way happier later, you know, if you have to go through something difficult. So there is no challenge you can't get over because we're human beings and we're meant to deal with challenges, especially as guys, you know, guys are very like, give me a task. Let me figure it out. It's a problem. I'm going to get this done, you know? Um, (laughs) That's what I, that's what I enjoy doing. And uh, you know, no matter what you've been through, uh, you'll, you can handle it. That that's awesome. I actually had like, you know, was talking to somebody like I like am blind in my right eye. I have seizure disorder and everything like that. And somebody was telling me like, I don't know how you can like how you dealt with that and went blind in your right eye at 27 and stuff. I was like, you know, people don't know how resilient they actually are until they actually have to deal with something, you know? And it's like, once you're actually in that situation, I'm using the word actually a lot, but I'll, I'll roll with it. <laughs> uh, once you're in that situation, it becomes reality. And then you like, okay, I can either sit in the corner, cry about it or face it and uh, make the best that I can out of it. Absolutely. And that's, that's, and luckily I think uh, we've all, 
evolved or, or we're here because we're from resilient stock. Things didn't go well for most of history for people. And yeah. we just learned how to deal. And so we don't realize it because today it's, everything's pretty easy, but we're all pretty strong and we can handle almost anything. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. You've been handling it quite well, doing well for yourself now. I'm happy to see that you are working in the industry, doing something you love, and uh, came back to tell me about it. And I have one final question for you before I get there. Where can people find you online, or what's your corner of the internet, Chris? Uh, I'm on Facebook under Comedian Chris Adams or Comic Chris Adams. Uh, Twitter, Comic Chris Adams, and Instagram, Comic Chris Adams. Uh, also, you can go to the website that I have. I need to update it. That's my bad. I should be doing that every day, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, it's at chrisadamscomedy.net. And those are that's probably that has also my all of my information as well. Okay, cool. I really appreciate you uh, coming back on the show today and uh, talking with me, sharing your experience. It's time for that one question, my friend. That final question, the title question of the show. Chris Adams, how do you live uncontained? I live uncontained by constantly putting in effort every day to always make something that I'm proud of. So, uh, like, like I said, I, I do live by the Pareto principle, but it's even more than that. I live by a work ethic of if I always keep creating something, um, I feel that's my work is my freedom. So I'm either editing something I, I love or I'm performing standup that I love or I'm writing standup early in the mornings or I'm, uh, I'm working on constantly trying to find even more work because I just love uh, creating. So okay. I live uncontained by the desire to create. Nice, man. Nice. That's that's awesome. And sounds like you have your fingers in a lot of pies, just trying to get in wherever you can from uh, wanting to uh, going to be directing, doing stand up, doing editing. And, uh, you know, soon soon you'll be able to start your own uh, entertainment company and everything. <laughs> we'll all be working for you. Uh, <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, um, maybe. I, I could use a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. It's been a blast talking to you and catching up on the show today. I got that one final thing for you to do, and uh, that is sign off the show. Chris, will you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight? Uh, absolutely. Uh, my name is Chris Adams, and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Chris Adams for coming back on. And I always love catching up with past guests of the show and hearing what they're up to, what big things they're working on now, and just by sticking with their craft and uh, putting in all that hard work, even if it does come with a car crash and advice from a meth head. Those are just interesting details along the journey. And I couldn't be happier that Chris is uh, doing what he's doing right now. So thank you for listening. And if you're not subscribed to Uncontained yet, what are you waiting for in your favorite pod player or whichever pod player you're listening to this in right now? Click the subscribe or follow button. And you can also follow us on social media at Uncontained Pod across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, let us know what you think of the show here. Hit me up and let me know if you ever had advice from a meth head in a drunk tank. It could be an interesting story. Anyway, until next time, live uncontained.